Hi, everyone. Welcome to North Point Plus. This is episode 99. Woo! Yes, we're so close to episode 100. Yeah. Uh, this is Jake Howard. I'm I'm Sylvia Jarvis. Forgot to say that part. I was, Sorry, I was so excited you. to introduce you. You were. Just, oh my goodness. Who we cares were... <laughs> about me? I'm just the host. We were just talking that like most of the time when I do the podcast, you are the host with me. And uh, Sylvia hurt my feelings because she said everybody cancels because nobody wants to talk to me. That wasn't true. <laughs> and I wasn't going to say that on camera. I was being mean to you in private. But, um, so that's okay. As long no, as it's not in public. Scheduling. I don't know. It's just funny how it works. Scheduling. Like people just always like have stuff going on. Cancel family issues. Like So it's not because of you. It's just. I'm going to say that there's actually nobody canceling and you just want to hang out with me. And so <laughs> you're really not you scheduling feel better, anybody. Because you just made me seem mean to everybody so <laughs> sure uh so do you want to give like a little recap of uh your message on sunday yeah we finished talking about uh crooked sticks our crooked stick series um and we did hosea the book of hosea actually the first three chapters uh there's a lot of prophecy and poetic parts that we just didn't quite jump into throughout the rest of it but we, we really just talked about this idea that hosea's broken marriage was a crooked stick and how god was using that broken marriage as the analogy uh, for Israel, who was adulterous, in other words, they weren't pursuing after God, but uh, we know that they were looking after the the false god Baal um, at the time, and um, how God was basically saying, hey, there's consequences to that. Um, like, you are my chosen people, you're supposed to be with me, and, and you have kind of uh, hoard yourself out there. Um, and so uh, within there, there's consequences, but ultimately those consequences are to redeem back to God into that right relationship with forgiveness, grace, and mercy. And Hosea and Gomer's relationship um, shows that both tragically and, and beautifully and what that meant for them, what that meant for the nation of Israel, and ultimately what it means for us as, um, as Christ followers that, you know, there are consequences for our sins, um, but ultimately Jesus has purchased us back just like Hosea purchased Gomer back and that we get to have that union with God again. Um, there should be repentance to be a part of that. Um, there should be forgiveness, all of those kinds of things that come into play. So it really is a beautiful gospel picture all the way back in the book of Hosea, uh, but it is a tragic story, a heartbreaking story to kind of read through as well. So. Yeah, and you said that was the last Crooked Stick yeah. like part of the series, right? So yep. do you want to just hint at what's next a little bit? Um, we are going to get a job. Oh, okay. The Book of Job. Nice. Yeah, so there's there's my hint. <laughs> Thinly There you go. That's good. Hint. No, that was it. That was just Some a little, a little taste. Into. Yeah. Uh, so the first question we have, um, the chapters quoted on the sermon are off, starting with Hosea 1. 14 through 23 should have been 2, 14. You got me. That's all there is to it. <laughs> I said at the beginning of the talk, uh, I referenced Carter and Michaela oh. getting married and said I was mentioning Carter and his good hair. Because Carter's got good hair. Yeah, uh, you're like, all Carter the with the good hair. Yeah, Carter with the good hair. I'm just jealous. That's all that is. Really, I can't pull that off. Um, I would terrify small children. And so uh, I referenced that because I literally got everything to Carter at 3 o'clock on Saturday for this Ooh. talk. So where he'd had like no time to proofread and do all that. We caught like uh, another typo that I had in there in the notes um, in the walkthrough and just didn't catch that one eh. because I was late, incredibly late trying to get this in because yeah. I was fighting it a little bit this week. So there you go. Yeah, that's all right. It's on me. It's not you, Carter. You're fantastic. Hair and all, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we love Carter. We love we Carter love here. Carter. <laughs> All right, so then we have another question. Yeah. <laughs> now that we got that all sorted out. There you go. Uh, how do you know Hosea wasn't told to marry a prostitute? I always 
heard that she was. Yeah, so this is funny. I brought these. I printed these out for us. I'm going to show this on camera. Sure um, thing. And because we just had me a couple of questions. Yeah, and Sylvia was making fun of me because if you see, like, this is the answer to question one, and this is the answer to question two. Yeah, <laughs> right I mean, here. I. You have your process, and yeah. I was just like, oh, my gosh. Because you said, oh, yeah, it's just two questions. Yeah, Let's and I still it. had a full page of notes. Yeah. Yep, and I was like, whoa, okay. But- yeah, so um, <laughs> it really is a lot of ways um, a tomato-tomato kind of thing. So uh, ultimately, let me just start off by saying uh, it doesn't necessarily change the meaning of the text. Um, ultimately, it is God uh, redeeming his people who have chosen to love another. Um, and so what does that mean? Uh, the question in te- the, the text in question here is Hosea 1, 2 through 3. I like to read from the ESV. It's what I taught yesterday. I want to read that real quick. It says, When the Lord spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go take yourself a wife of whoredom and have children of whoredom. Uh, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. So she went and took Gomer. Uh, he took Gomer, the wife of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. So that's kind of the word that we're looking there, whoredom. And I've, I've never said that word so much in my life as I have this past Yeah, you week. were being funny on Sunday because you were like, yeah. didn't think you were going to hear that today, did you? And it was <laughs> right. funny because when I saw that it, we were going to have like a warrant, like a, oh, maybe don't have your kids for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jake, why are we doing that? That's so dumb. It's the Bible. It doesn't matter. Right. You said, listen to this and you read this to me and i was like oh yeah that yeah i don't yeah i wouldn't even know what to do with that right because all the whole all the old testament is rated r right yeah Um, but it was just trying to help parents out if you have small kids like you might not want to have to answer those questions in the car or choose the appropriate time for you to have that conversation we just didn't want to choose it for you so we erred on the side of the parents is all we were trying to do we're just thinking about you yeah so so go back (laughs) what we're talking about here. Uh, Other translations, New King James Version calls it harlotry. Um, American Standard Version says whoredom. Uh, King James Version says whoredom. New Living Translation uses the word prostitute. Uh, New International Version uses uh, three terms um, because there's three, it's used three ways in there, promiscuous, adulterous, and unfaithful. Um, So we got a little bit of a variety here with the word. There's actually a few different schools of thought um, on this this passage. Some would say, hey, was she an actual prostitute? Um, Some would ask the question, was she only adulterous? Some would say, uh, did she just symbolically dress in a promiscuous way? Mm. Um, Or was the whole thing really allegory and it didn't actually happen? Mm. It's just an allegory piece. So there there are different schools of thought. Uh, The two prominent ones being that she was a prostitute or just uh, with adultery. Um, saying that she was a prostitute is probably the most popular one. Um, you see that in examples like um, uh, there's that book that came out, um, Redeeming Love. Yeah, yeah, that's one of your faves, yeah. right? It's not my fave. I just <laughs> said I've read it, and um, after your talk, I was like, oh, I should watch that movie. And there's like, a that, movie. That movie yeah. just came out not that long ago. I think yeah. it's COVID time, but yeah. my uh, my mom read that book, and actually my dad read that book yeah. too. Yeah. So, which is funny because like they made the book, and now it's an analogy to an analogy to an analogy. Yeah, yeah. Think through it; it's yep. getting pretty deep in there. Uh, but she's a prostitute in there, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. I have not seen that. I just chose to. There's a little homework for you. Well, I, I read the original, so there you go. <laughs> you don't need to read the other. <laughs> there one. you go. Just interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so that that is the most common one. Uh, my viewpoint is probably the more of the minority of the two. To be honest, um, I don't know. Um, I, I grew up hearing she was a prostitute. It mm-hmm. wasn't until I really did my own diving and into it, which, hey, um, 
do your own do study. That. Like, don't just take my words for it by any means. Um, like, dive into this. Uh, I can just tell you my thinking on it and why I give this lean. I am perfectly fine if somebody was to say, no, I think she was a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't ultimately change what we're getting yep. at here. Um, I think saying that it was she was not a prostitute, she was adulterous, actually paints a clearer picture of the analogy that God is, is pointing towards. Um, but, but we'll get into that here. Um, so the, the word whoredom here, the word rude, the root word, um, so like the ultimate core word that's used in different manners mm-hmm. um, for the words here is uh, zanah. Um, and I think whoredom really is the best translation, that, and it can be used for prostitution, it can be used for fornication, or it can be used for adultery. It's used as a root word for all three of those words in different places in Scripture, a ton of times um, for prostitution and a ton of times for adultery. So you really have to look into the context to see what is it that it means. I, ultimately, the best way that you can call this is sexual promiscuity or, or, or whoredom. Like It is a good word to use mm-hmm. for the word that is given here. Um, I think the strongest argument for Gomer being a prostitute um, is that the root word used here is often used for prostitute. Like Zanaz is used a lot for prostitute, but not always, not always. Um, I lean towards context, speaking more towards adultery than with prostitution. In other words, that God is telling Hosea uh, when he says, go and take a wife of whoredom, he, he's speaking futuristically mm. to say, hey, like this is what you're getting yourself into as opposed to, to Gomer's current status or life choices in this moment. Um, I, why do I lean that way? I think it's two, two main ideas. Um, one, um, I don't think that an immoral woman could serve as a picture of Israel coming out of Egypt. And that's what's referenced mm. um, in chapters 2 and chapters 9 of Hosea. God kind of draws this parallel to say um, either in the desert or called out of Egypt. Um, and, it, and it's that idea that when God had was making a nation and he was taking them out of slavery to build a nation, um, it was just that. And so to say, like, they were worshiping other gods— while they were in Egypt, and then they worshipped God when he called them out, and now they're worshipping other gods. That would be the prostitution manner of doing this. The adulterous manner says um, he called them out of mm-hmm. there. They, they were still his people from, from all the way back from Abraham, worshipping him. They were just in slavery, made him a nation, things are going really well, mm-hmm. and then they step out of their marriage and are worshipping Baal, and that's where the adultery piece comes in. I just don't see the prostitution piece in that yeah. with Egypt necessarily. Now, um, some would say uh, that it goes all the way back to uh, Abraham. Like, hey, um, if you were to say they were worshiping other gods before God called Abraham and made him his people, so they were prostituting themselves before they had this union with God. Okay, I, th- I feel like it's a bit of a stretch given just the context of Hosea mm-hmm. here. Um, I also so, so it feels a little loose to me. I think a lot of times when God accuses um, Israel being unfaithful in the Scripture, um, it is in reference to Egypt or Abraham, but not typically to before Abraham. And that's kind of what would be alluded to if you were to say prostitution. So to me, that's kind of why I, one of the reasons I would lean towards um, adultery versus prostitution is because what's the context of the analogy? And the context of the analogy is more adulterous than it is prostitution um, when you look at it. I think also chapter 3 uh, references Hosea taking back his wife who has been rejected because of adultery. Like he, he buys her back mm-hmm. after the rejection piece of it there that she's been rejected because of adultery. Um, that rejection makes less sense if Hosea married her knowing she was a prostitute. You know, like, hey, I'm rejecting you because of your sexual promiscuity. But you already knew about that. So, so some would say yes, but he was being obedient to what God had told him to do. Okay, I, I can kind of see that. It can still work. It just seems to, once again, diminish the analogy 
a little bit to me. And that's, mm -hmm. that's the kind of the ultimate struggle that I have. Um, why does she have to be a prostitute for the analogy to work is my question. I don't think she does. I don't think she had, I don't think Gomer had to be a prostitute for the analogy that God is using in the marriage of Gomer and Hosea to work. I think it actually um, lessens it a little bit, diminishes it a little bit, um, doesn't get rid of it, right? It's not like it, it debunks the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I think it just doesn't fit as cleanly. And so that's to me, like, I don't see the reason she needs to be a prostitute necessarily. Um, ultimately, I think I was painting a picture that Israel was being an adulterous and unfaithful people by following after uh, Baal instead of following after a God. Adding prostitution seems to diminish but not dismiss that the analogy there that God's using between Hosea and Gomer. Once again, it's a bit of a tomato-tomato approach. Mm -hmm. Like, you can go either way on this and be fine um, and still ultimately get at what the core of what's being put across here. I just think one paints a clearer picture um, than the other, um, that it, with God is speaking to Israel, that they were to be in union with God, um, and they had stepped outside of that. So that's kind of why I give my lean to be able to say, hey, this was adultery over prostitution. I also didn't write another book or movie on it, so I yeah, have less to invest in that that manner well, too. So, so I was going to ask just to add on to it. Do you think that this is one of those things? Because you kind of already said it doesn't like to you. Yeah. You don't think it like matters. Like what word we use? Because as you were talking, like to me, I'm like, I don't. I get the picture, you know, and like because yeah. I I also heard that she was a prostitute, and then like I've, I guess I've just always heard that thought that kind of a deal. It, it is easy to grab that word, yeah, and, and, just, and go to prostitution because there's tons of times like you want to pull it up, you go Blue Letter Bible, look at it, go there, but you're gonna see it as prostitute a lot. Oh yeah, but when you said it on Sunday like differently and you weren't leaning to that, to me, I just I don't know, it didn't. Not that it didn't matter, but it just didn't even register to me. So it's funny sure. that it sticks out to some people and that there is a discussion yeah. about it, which yeah. I'm sure there is because the Bible's been around for so long. So people are always going to look sure. at things like that. But it doesn't but. change the ultimate meaning of the right. message. Yep, like it that's, just, that's the important thing. Um, it's just two different ways to look at it. So we don't we don't have absolute clarity on that. That's why we have the discussion. I just lean because I think uh, ultimately in the, this context of what God is trying to get across to his people, Israel, mm -hmm. is that they've been adulterous. And so having adultery line up versus prostitution, yeah. maybe it was we get to heaven. And he's like, nope, yep. I, I asked him to marry a prostitute, and you know. And do you think there's like cultural like connotation, like we or like like now it might mean different? Like you know what I'm saying? Like maybe we have some other ideas in our head that yeah, plays I against those so, word games, probably in some manner, um, because. Uh, I mean, when you read, if you were to just deep dive into this word, you're going to see a lot of messed up stories yeah. of adultery and prostitution and yeah. men who are supposed to be following after God that would go on this. I mean, there's, a, there's, a, what is it, Judah and Tamar? That, oh, yeah. Um, you know, he's, it's this guy who, um, Tamar is his daughter in law, married mm -hmm. the first husband. He dies and he goes and says, okay, well, you need to be the, uh, what's it called, the, the redeemer. Um, oh, I don't know the actual word. Brother. I just know yeah. the story. Yeah, there's a, there's a brother, like is the brother yep. who would marry the wife and he goes to do that and you have the offspring and it'll be your brother's offspring. He doesn't want that and mm. does some messed up stuff. So God actually kills him too. And now yep. so she's widowed. Judah looks at it and he's like, two of my sons have died. I've got another young son. Uh, I'm not going to pair him with this woman because I don't want this son to die. But he tells her like, be a widow for a while. When my son comes of age, here you go. Um, and he doesn't stick to that bargain. And so she, in essence, tricks Judah into having her child by posing mm -hmm. as a prostitute, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and and it's like she's viewed negatively in some way for this, which should be, mm -hmm. but Judah's just as wrong because he was going in yep. and, and like offering her to 
and have and do, having this relationship with her, and it's yep. like, oh my gosh! So when you deep dive into this, there's word, a lot of there's a lot yeah. that's there, and there's a lot of messed up things. Ultimately, it all goes back mm-hmm. to once again, um, God designed sexual relationships in the context of marriage mm-hmm. between one man and one woman, and any time that that's stepped outside of um, in the Bible, in our culture, any time it leads to pain. Mm-hmm. We see that here in Hosea, Hosea too. They were in a, they engaged in a relationship outside of their marriage. Gomer engaged in a relationship outside of her marriage, prostitute or not, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and it led to pain. And that's the analogy that comes of Israel stepping outside of their relationship with God, it leading to pain. When we step outside of our relationship with God and we pursue other things other than Him, it's going to lead to pain. Yeah. Beautiful part is there's redemption of the mm-hmm. buying back. Hosea bought back Gomer. Jesus bought us back. That's the beautiful image that comes out to it. Yeah. There's um, another book called The Lineage of Grace. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, I but it's not. like it's like all it's supposed to be like the women in the line before Jesus, like mm-hmm. li- like leading up. And so it's like kind of cool. Like it's just stories. And um, yeah. And but I think it's funny because it shows like pain and heartbreak, you know, all the way through. But then also that redeeming factor mm-hmm. and um just like, you know, it's crooked sticks. Like we, we could go awesome. on and on yeah. and on, you know, with crooked sticks and like different characters. And then even now, like all yeah. of us. So Yeah, these aren't the only crooked sticks in the Bible. Yeah. Um, everybody but Jesus is a crooked stick in the Bible. Yeah, like yep. That's, that's ultimately what it means. <laughs> but we don't have that much time for a series. People yeah. might get bored. Like, yeah. you know, we were just thinking. For the next 10 years, we're doing crooked <laughs> sticks. Crooked. Yeah. Every single person <laughs> in the Bible. <laughs> Well, Jake, do you have anything else to add? Because those are only questions. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I want to chat for a second about is um, we're going to start promoting um, some of our life group stuff. Oh. This mm-hmm. coming uh, week, this coming Sunday, we'll probably put it and get to the point. Um, I got to talk to the person uh, who sends out get to the point, which would be you. So here you go. Um, yep. But we, uh, we're really excited. Uh, life group season is going to start off uh, around Labor Day, and we are going to have everybody in life groups jump into a, to, uh, a life group series. So not, a, not an all-church-wide series. It won't necessarily be in conjunction with Sunday mornings, but just for life groups called Rooted. Um, and it is all about developing seven healthy rhythms and habits for discipleship. Um, and it's an incredible, incredible study um, that is going to challenge people in their spiritual walk and practices. It's going to um, have people step outside of their comfort zone. It's going to take them to new levels with their life group. Maybe you've been a part of your life group and you've been with this group for five years now. Um, this is going to deepen that relationship. Or maybe you haven't been in life groups before. This is going to put you in a life group and deepen that relationship like right away in some pretty cool manners. Um, so we're going to start talking about that. You'll see promo videos and stuff coming out. We're asking everybody to register for it, even if you're in a life group already. Um, it's $30 to register. There's a link that we're going to put out there. $30 a person. If you can't do $30, like that's okay. You click on the button that says scholarship me and it's, there's no cost to you. Like we don't want that to be a barrier for anybody to be a part of. Um, but everybody will get the book to be a part of it. There's not only is it going to be like in your life group where you'll be studying in homes. There'll be times when we're doing stuff here at the church together, all life groups, as well as um, actually going and doing stuff with what we, we study. So mm-hmm. like there will be um, times where you will fast together. There'll be times where you will serve together, times uh, where you will give together, like all of these kinds of things. So I don't think we've done a a life group oriented thing quite like this before. Um, And I'm excited to see what it does. So if you are a part of life groups, uh, you'll see the link coming out soon. Register like pronto for it. Uh, If you are like, I've never done the life group thing or I'm not really in one, uh, try it out. This is the Mm -hmm. best time to jump in. And if you don't like it at the end of this, um, you can come tell me how terrible I am and ask for your 
your money back and I'll probably even just give it to you because <laughs> I don't even care line. because it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> like you will not come out of rooted um, and feel disappointed. If you invest in it, you will love this and be like, hey, we probably want to do that again at some so point. So somebody who says like, okay, fine, Jake, I'll join a life group. Well, who, well, who do they talk to? How do they do that? Yeah. So when they register, mm-hmm. um, there's the ability to say, um, I'm already in this life group and you pick your life group or, Hey, I'm not in a life group. And when that pops up, we'll help you find the right life group for you. We've got over a dozen life groups. You've got new life groups launching this fall um, and and all the time. So it's, it's going to be really cool. I'm very, very excited about what's kind of on the horizon. I was going to say, it's almost like you're in charge of it or something because you're so, you know so much about it. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Well, also too, I wanted to remind people that we have lunch on the lawn. We have another one coming up and uh, the elders are grilling for us. What's, uh, uh, so how good are they at making my steak, just out of curiosity? I don't know. I was just, I was like, I'll just get them hot dogs. They can't <laughs> screw that up. Like, I mean, I don't know. I didn't like, you know, have them do an audition or like a come grill us food should and have. then I'll. We should have. We missed yeah. the boat on that one. Uh, yeah, I can't believe we didn't think of that. But, oh. you know, next time, there's always next time. So they're grilling for us. That's August 13th. It's right after second. What about sweets? So. We got any, uh. Anything coming up for that? Sweets? Is that what you said? Yeah, like any desserts or yeah, anything? Yeah, I think Scoopy Doo's is bringing a little, like, their cart thing nice. like, along. I believe so. I know we've done Kona Ice in the past, yeah. but switching it up. Scoopy. That's exciting. Yeah, I think so. So that'll be a lot of fun and uh, just get to talk to a lot of people. I think it was a lot of fun last time. We could just get to see When is that? Talk. August 13th. August 13th. Yes, right after second service. Sweet. So it'll all be out in the lawn <laughs> by in the, the place that, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, well, thank you everybody for watching and um, like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll see you Sunday.